Welcome again, everyone, to Change This, Transformation Through the Word of God. I'm so glad you're here with me today. You know, um, sometimes being a faithful servant of Christ can seem challenging. However, the Word of God reveals the greatest success to achieving a faithful walk with Him begins with personal transformation. So I just, as always, love to open up with a song from the Lord. And this song that we're listening to is Holy Water by We the Kingdom.
Lord, we just want to thank you for bringing us together again, Father. Uh, we just thank you for your grace. And Lord, you know, I love this song, Holy Water, because the words there that say, you know, I don't want to abuse your grace. It's so important for you know us as your followers not to abuse your grace <clears throat> and uh, to recognize just how good you have been to us. And we shouldn't take advantage of that. And, you know, sometimes as humans, we do. Uh, and uh, your grace is sufficient to cover a multitude of our mess ups. Um, but a good father does not approve <laughs> and he lovingly corrects us. So, Father God, I, I know from, from my perspective alone, I never want to abuse your grace uh, and your kiss, just your whole covering is like holy water over my skin. And I thank you and I praise you. Father God, we lift you up as your people, Father God, just giving you all honor and glory for all that you've done. It is because of you, Father God, that we are able to come before you as holy and righteous servants, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, for our personal trespasses, Father God, sealed by the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for what you're doing as we get ready to move forward into Ephesians. Uh, we're still in chapter one and we're going to be starting back at verse nine, uh, but we're going to recap a little bit. I just want to say welcome. Welcome to change this. <clears throat> so the last time I spoke, we spoke together. We were in Ephesians chapter one, verses one through nine. And uh, I just want to recap a little bit in case that seemed a little you know, overwhelming. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to do any editing when I'm uh, teaching. I'm just going to let it go naturally. Um, I believe that that's the best way. I, I don't want to edit. And uh, so my mistakes, uh, if, I'm, if I'm wrong, please assist me. Uh, I believe iron sharpens iron. So please communicate back with me. There's a message tab. You can message me. Uh, leave a comment good or bad, I won't be offended. So, verses one through nine, I just wanna go over this just briefly, what it is that God desires for you and what it is he has given you and what it is you have because of your faith in Jesus Christ. He said, one, God has provided to you every spiritual blessing and you, and I have been chosen is number two. And three, through him, we are holy and blameless. Four, we've been adopted as his children. Five, we have redemption through Christ. And six, we are forgiven for our trespasses. I just want to touch base on some of the key points there. Uh, when we have been uh, adopted and we have been um, forgiven for our trespasses, those things are right there in verses 3 through 9. In verse 8, God is so great. He lavished on us all of these things in all wisdom and insight. So all of God's wisdom and all of his insight, he lavished all of these things on us. Every spiritual blessing, that you were chosen, that you are holy and blameless, that you are adopted as his children, 
that you have redemption through Jesus Christ and that you're forgiven for your trespasses. All these things have been freely bestowed upon you through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I love verse eight where he said, which he lavished, Paul says, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. Verse nine, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention, which he purposed in him. So purposed in him means this is what he purposed in Christ for us with a view to the administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is the summing up of all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. So in a general sense, this is just speaking of Christ's position, Christ's authority, who he is. You know, he died on the cross for our sins. He was risen. He now sits at the right hand of God. He has all authority. Just like God has all authority and the Holy Spirit has all authority. We believe in, we believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 10, this is towards the end, starting into verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. So just to reiterate that, we have obtained an inheritance, having been, having been predestined according to his purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ now Paul is talking about the Jews the Israelite nation there he's talking about them because they were and are the first to hope in Christ and by them believing in Christ he's saying this would be to the praise of his glory now, there are Messianic Jews out there, but I'm not going to get into any theology and so forth like that at this moment uh, regarding world history and the process. We're just talking about us personally as the Gentile nation. Verse 13, he says, in him, you, that's you and I, because Paul's talking to the people at Ephesus and the people at Ephesus primarily were Gentiles. In him, you also after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Now, sometimes we can skim right over top of that but I just want to say that because we, having also believed, you are sealed, sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. So we know, you know, history shows where kings would have a signet ring and they would seal it. And once it was sealed, it was a done deal. Never meant, it would never be broken. 
So I want you to understand that the love that Christ has for you, the love that God has for you, the love that the Holy Spirit has for you will never be broken. It is sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. See, God never, never, ever lies. People lie. People will make mistakes. People can teach us wrongly. But God has given us the Holy Word for us to go out and research it and check it for ourselves, you know, to make sure it lines up appropriately. You have been sealed. I have been sealed. Can you lose your salvation? When I get to heaven, I'll ask God that. I don't know for sure. I feel that if Paul, who was a murderer, could be restored, then other people can be restored. All transgressions, all sins are the same in the eyes of God. We as humans, you know, we like to kind of portion them out, you know, like stealing's not as bad as murder. Um, adultery, you know, you know, we can overlook adultery because everybody's walking around committing adultery. You know, everybody thinks it's perfectly fine to go out and have sex with whomever you want. This is not cool. This is not cool in the eyes of God. I'm not going to lie. You know, I want to encourage, but I'm also going to speak truth. You know, if you are a man and a woman and you are not living a life that is pure, you know, then you're committing adultery and mostly you're committing it against your own self because my goodness, you know, we all have to stand with some integrity. Anyways, I don't want to get on that bandwagon. I understand people have needs. However... Adultery is adultery, even if it's adultery against God and, and your promise to him. And even in that, you've still been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He's not kicking you to the curb. He just wishes you wouldn't do that. And you shouldn't justify. None of us should justify the things that we do that does not please the father. That's why I like that song. You know, I don't ever want to take advantage of God's grace. So Paul is letting us know that anyways, it says in verse 14 and I'm restating it, the Holy Spirit of promise, verse 14, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. So Paul's getting ready to shift here in his teaching momentarily he's getting ready to shift and start talking about what we are to gain the knowledge that we are to receive from jesus christ the wisdom that we are to receive um, through our relationship with jesus christ and and because of our faith in him what is it if we go back to the earlier verses well every spiritual blessing you know every spiritual blessing we are to receive this is part of our inheritance and uh for us to know what those spiritual blessings are we need to dig deep into god's holy word <clears throat> so when we're looking at verses 9 through 14 paul who's opened up and reminded us in verses 1 through 9 what it is that we have received it says in him in verse 13 you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him. 
So if we're sealed in him and we believe wholly by faith that he has restored us in the eyes of God, then Paul is saying we need to be thinking about where do we want to go in our walk with Christ? How do we want to live out our relationship with God the Father? How do we want to be empowered? How would we like to be restored? What is it that we want from the inheritance that we've received? What is it that we desire from this inheritance? When we think of the things that we receive on earth, you know, some people get a really hefty inheritance. Uh, I, on the other hand, did not receive a large hefty inheritance. And some of the things I did receive growing up as a child, I would have preferred not to inherit such as anger or frustration or numerous other things. I would have liked not to have inherited some of those uh, negative energies when I was growing up, but I did. And thank you, Lord Jesus, you have removed those things so that I'm not walking around, you know, angry and bitter and, uh, you know, just upset with the world and, you know, blaming you, blaming God for everything that happens, even though I may or may not believe, you know, those things when you are not part of the kingdom of God. He said that through me, he said, I will, will restore every, I will restore back to you sevenfold. You know, I'll take sevenfold. I would have taken twofold. I'm just going to take whatever it is God can give me that makes me and helps me and helps you to be whom God has always desired you to be. I, I love the scripture in Joshua chapter one, verses nine, and I hold on to it. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. So when we're confronting our own personal issues or we're confronting past issues, just be strong be courageous walk through that you know i when i started doing the podcast i had already done numerous numerous episodes and none of them were good enough all of them were a mess i thought i'm not going to do it it's not worth doing there's a thousand other people out there oh there's ten thousand people out there who are far better at it than me i am unimportant what i have to say does not matter I'm just Naisha Walker Reidenauer, you know, living here in Columbus, Ohio. I am no one. But see, that is a lie because I am a child of God adopted into his kingdom. So when those crazy thoughts start attacking your mind, you have to change them. You have to want to switch it off. Even if you have to click that switch multiple, 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 multiple times, until you hold on to it and know for sure that the light is on. I didn't get that. I had mentioned earlier, it has taken me 22 years to step out in faith. 22 years. I was called to do ministry when I was, um, gosh, saved for about three years. I was saved for three years and I was like, God, what would you have me to do? Oh my goodness. And clear as a bell. I said, well, 
what I did was I tested God. And I didn't, and when I say tested him, I definitely tested him. I was like, you need to prove yourself. You know, hand on the hip, shaking of the head. <laughs> like, come on, God, you're all that in a bag of chips. You need to step up and tell me exactly what it is I need to, I need to hear. So I went and I said, I need to have a rose. I said, I want to see a yellow rose, just one yellow rose. And then I said, oh, that's too easy. God could do that. That's not really, uh, that's not really, that's not good enough. So, you know, I'm sitting over there in black leg and I'm crying out to God. I'm crying out to him, lamenting to him because I was so torn. I didn't know what to do. I wanted to uh, uh, go to one of the Christian colleges here and grow in my knowledge of him. And, oh, you know, I didn't get to go there and I was so frustrated. And I thought, how could I ever, ever teach the word of God when I don't know anything? And how can I ever preach? They say the Holy Spirit will lead me. I don't get it. I was still thinking very worldly. So long story short, I got back in my car and I'm driving to my house and I'm crying out. And I said, you know what, Lord, I want to see a big yellow rose on the side of the barn. There was no barns where I was coming from. And then I said, you know what, Lord, I want, I want five yellow roses. Oh, I said, I want a bush. I said, I want five red roses with three yellow. That was for my husband, my daughter, and my son. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to receive these roses so that I could have confirmation from God that this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm driving home crying. I should not have been driving because I couldn't even see the road before me. My eyes were so blurry, but I made it home. I pulled into the garage. I got the mail out of the mailbox before I pulled in, drove into my garage, just bawling still. And I started flipping through the mail, you know, just casually flipping through the mail. And I happened to have a, a there was a, happened to be a little postcard. I looked at it casually, flipped it over. And there on the very front of it, five red roses with three yellow. Now, some may say that's a coincidence and it very well have been a coincidence in someone else's eyes. But I asked specifically for five red roses with three yellow, that this was exactly what I was supposed to do. Now I'd only been saved a short time and I had dug deep into the word of God and I used to drive my poor pastor crazy because I would call him at all hours of the night and I think, God love him, he was tired of me. But he was ever so patient and ever so kind. And I learned. So once I saw the card, my tears dried up and I said, oh my. I said, I have no right to complain. You have called me to do these things. Now, God was saying, become equipped. Become equipped. 
And how do we become equipped? Well, we have to learn. We have to study. We have to grow. We have to dig deep into the word of God. Pray for knowledge in in verses 15, the pericope. Some Bibles have different pericopes, which are little headings that kind of tell you what is coming up next in the uh, passages. Well, in mine, and I generally read always out of the NASB. I do like the uh, King James Version. I went to the NASB. I do like the New Living Translation. I believe you should read what is best for you so that you can gain the best knowledge. And I believe you should always double check it. Check it. God wants us to study his word. So going into verse 15, my pericope says, pray for knowledge and power. Well, I had asked God quite some time before. I said, Lord, give me discernment. Give me wisdom. You know, people ask for so many different things. I had grown up as an atheist, agnostic, and I had said that earlier. I had my own worldview, my own world opinion, my own ideas about people, uh, what was right, what was wrong, what was good, what was bad. You know, I had my own opinion and everybody else was, everybody else was wrong except for me. They did not know anything about life. Now, of course, that is pretty arrogant because in all actuality, I knew nothing and I even knew it then, but I would never, ever be humble enough to realize that I didn't know anything. I would act like I knew something when, of course, I knew nothing because I would let pride take over in my life. So here we are learning by faith to be willing to receive knowledge and with knowledge we gain wisdom and through knowledge and wisdom we can have power, power and authority through the word of God. And this is what Paul did. I mean, Paul thought he knew everything, didn't he? I mean, Paul was Saul and he was murderous and he was going after all of the Jewish people who believed in Jesus Christ. I mean, hey, you know, off with their heads as far as Saul thought. And then God called him and God instilled in him, Christ instilled in him knowledge, authority, and power through the Holy Spirit. And God used him to reach thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people because Paul recognized I knew nothing, but I have received truth. I have received God's wisdom. I, I now know who I am in Christ. Paul thought he knew who he was in God. He was doing all the right things. But yet, none of it was right. But now he received. That's why I like that song. You know, you talk about holy water. I mean, Paul was washed in holy water. We are to be washed in holy water. We are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And through that, we now know that we are cleansed so that our minds can be renewed and restored so that we can start thinking clearly. And through our right thinking, through a biblical worldview, we are able to move forward and be willing vessels for Jesus Christ. So Paul is now shifting us 
he's shifting us into another thought here as we're entering into verse 15 because he starts off by saying for this reason for this reason i too having heard of the faith he said right there for this reason i too having heard of the faith in the lord jesus which exists among you and your love for all the saints do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ and the father of glory may give to you may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him stop right there that is at the end of verse 17 god says i mean i love paul he's my favorite he's my favorite i feel like i was i, I feel like i could have been paul in another life just murderous i don't know how many people i harmed prior to knowing christ i didn't murder anybody i i, <laughs> I just want to let you know i never murdered anybody but i sure did hurt a lot of people by the way i spoke to them broken people hurt people broken people try to make other people feel like they do but paul says here i do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give to you that's you that's me that's every believer in Jesus Christ, a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. And like I said, we're going to stop there. I ask that you pray when you get ready to go to bed tonight or even where you're at right now, that you just close your eyes and you say, Father, thank you. Thank you. I want a spirit of wisdom and I want to have more re revelation of who you are. I want this transformation in my life, Father God. I don't want to walk out my day to day being the same Christian that I was 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, one week ago. We want to be able to transform more into the likeness of Christ. I want to transform more into the likeness of who you are, to love more deeply, to reach more people, to be all that I am supposed to be through your holy word. Father, bless me. Forgive me of my, my you know, stupidity for the easiest word, my stupidity. Forgive me for not being humble. Forgive me for being prideful. I want to be like you, Christ. So I want you, I pray that you give me more wisdom and more revelation and more insight into who you are so that I can be more like you. Father, I want to thank you for each person that has joined with me today. I want to thank you, Father God, because we're all on this journey together. All of us are on this journey together no matter where we're from rich poor middle class doesn't matter it doesn't matter we are your people from every nation and we are here standing together unified by the blood of Jesus Christ 
to become more like you. Father, thank you for all that you do. Wash over us, strengthen us, guide us, encourage us, and enlighten us as we move forward, as we transform spiritually and emotionally, and and so that we can begin a process of profound spiritual and radical change. I thank you, Father God. I am ready for renewal. I am ready for a focused purpose. Father God, till, uh, uh, well, to everyone out there, you know, I always end by saying this and it'll never change. And I get choked up every time I say it. I love you. I love you with every breath that is within me. You are my brother and you are my sisters and we are family and I love you. Ta-ta for now. We'll talk soon.